Hello everybody and welcome to the NHL 2018-2019 season preview brought to you by Jedi Dropouts Productions. I'm your host Ryan Taylor. Now if you're a regular listener and you came here looking for comic books, superheroes, video games, that kind of thing, you might want to turn away. Um, these couple episodes are strictly hockey talk and not really what you're used to hearing on this channel. Uh, on the other side of that, if you found your way here as a hockey fan, don't expect the rest of the channel to be in line with that because it's normally pretty goddamn geeky. Uh, all that aside, why am I, a guy who normally spends his time talking about all these geeky things, uh, spending this amount of time releasing a series of hockey-based podcast episodes? Well, because if there's one thing in this world that I like to geek out about the most... It's actually hockey, uh, especially this time of year. Let's see, uh, NHL 19, it's about to release, and I've been playing that series almost every single one of them since NHL 94. Uh, I've already spent countless hours this week organizing the fantasy hockey pool that I do every year, not to mention the stupid amount of time I'm going to put into actually picking my team in the coming weeks. Uh, I read every single issue of the hockey news every month. I listen to a handful of hockey podcasts every single week. I put way too much time into hockey in my life for someone who doesn't actually play, uh, but used to a long time ago. Uh, I live and breathe hockey, and while I may not be an expert, I do feel like I have a bit of input in terms of um, predictions and outlooks. Um, I pay attention to uh, trades and, and uh, contracts and stats and things like that. I, I geek out about this stuff. Um, and, I mean, let's be honest here, I fucking love podcasting, so uh, yeah, here we are. Uh, so this is how I'm going to do this. Uh, before the season starts on October 3rd, uh, I'm going to have four episodes released. One of them focusing on each division of the NHL. And in each episode, I'll be breaking down my thoughts on every single team of that division. Uh, plus, uh, I think I'll give my personal predictions on where they're going to end up in the regular season standings. Um, so, obviously, you can read, you clicked on the title here. Uh, first, I'm going with the Atlantic Division. And that's mostly because those are the closest to home for me here in Newfoundland. It's, it's still pretty far away, but it's the closest we got. And uh, generally, um, the teams in this division are going to have the biggest fan bases of people listening to this, I do believe. It's going to be up there. So, uh, let's get this started. I'm going to start off with the Boston Bruins. Just going to do this alphabetically. No favorites here. Uh So, the Boston Bruins uh, are a team, I feel like a lot of people... Uh, are skeptical of the uh, the general consensus I'm getting is that last season was a flash in the pan and the, they aren't for real I don't believe that I'm not fully convinced I think uh, the Bruins of say two to three years ago were the flash in the pan and that I, th- I think there the, the will be a top team in the division here um Big changes in the offseason here, you've got, well, during the season as well, 
you, Ryan Spooner uh, is gone. He was traded in the Rick Nash trade at the trade deadline. Uh, you've got Adam McQuaid just leaving a couple days ago. And Anton Kudabin, uh backup goalie, is also gone. Uh, been replaced with uh, Halak, Jaroslav Halak, uh, formerly of the Islanders. I feel like uh, if Halak can get back to his A game, that is an improvement in goal. Um, obviously, he won't be able to challenge Tuka Rask for the starter position, but uh, he could provide some decent backup there. Uh, who's replacing Spooner? Not really sure. They have uh, Joachim Nordstrom here. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to make the lineup or not. It's kind of a packed lineup on the, the bottom lines here. Um, McQuaid obviously will be replaced by John Moore. He was signed in the offseason. Um, not quite as gritty, not quite as tough as McQuaid, but um, solid defenseman nonetheless. Um the thing with the Bruins is if they're going to win, if they're going to win at all, it's got to be now. Chara is, I mean, how many years left does Chara really have? He's getting up there. His his game has uh, lost its edge a little bit. Um, Krejci, Bergeron, a little bit past their prime, but still playing at an elite level. Rask, I mean, Rask is, is also getting up there. Um, the time is right now because you have you have all these guys still in the lineup, um, but you have Pasternak and Marshan playing at their fucking best. You have a young Charlie McAvoy. You have Tori Krug uh, playing at an elite level. And you've got a, a, a an abundance of youth in Jake DeBrusque, Danton Heinen, Ryan Donato, uh, the time is obviously now, and it seems like management uh, and ownership have that same feeling. Uh, they made a big pitch for John Tavares. Uh, I've heard rumors that they have been trying to land Eric Carlson, whether that'll work out or not. Um, and I don't know. I I'm I don't expect that it's going to work out. That this is the time that they actually will win, but it is certainly the time they have to try. Um, now, last season, of course, the top line was on fire. Uh, the top line of Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David Pasternak had 228 points combined. Uh, what makes me think they could actually improve on that is between Bergeron and Marchand, they missed... 32 games so you know like I feel like um, I feel like the Bruins are gonna be good it's a tough division to break out of with some of the competition there in the top uh, but I feel like they have a chance I, I I felt like they had a chance last year but the injuries I think is is mostly what uh, ended it for them. Um, so, with all that in mind, I'm going to predict that they finish third in the division, third in the Atlantic. Uh, again, this is the regular season standings predictions. There's no 
impact on the uh, the playoffs. It's way too far out for me to even think about the playoffs. Um, but yeah, third third overall in in that division. Next up, we have, in my opinion, one of the most interesting teams in the division, and one that is the hardest to really predict out of all of them. And that's the Buffalo Sabers. Um, I really think it should be the beginning of a new era for the Sabers. That being said, I also thought the same thing for the last two years straight. So I'm not gonna hedge my bets on the Sabers or anything like that. But it looks good. Obviously, the big exciting piece coming to the Sabers this year is first overall pick Rasmus Dahlin. Uh, Darlene should hop right into the lineup and quickly become one of their best players. Um, so let's see, the changes again this year. Uh, Evander Kane was gone at the trade deadline. Not a big return on Kane trade-wise. I f- feel like they could have gotten more. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly uh, traded in the offseason. Robin Leonard walked away. Josh Georges is gone, Chad Johnson is gone, Benoit Pouliot's gone. There's a lot of pieces missing, but uh, in place of that, they have, um, as I mentioned, Rasmus Dahlin, uh, another rookie, Casey Middlestat, should jump right into the lineup, Connor Sheary, you got Carter Hutton, Vlad, uh, Vladimir Sabatka, Patrick Berglund, Tage Thompson. They, they got back as many pieces as they lost here. Uh, I feel like overall the team is younger and faster than it was last year. Um, the top lines, I totally forgot to mention Jeff Skinner, also uh, a new piece that they added. Uh, again, younger, faster. Um, hopefully the top line combination of Eichel, uh, Reinhardt, and Skinner works out. I think that could be a, a great combination. Um they're probably going to try Casey Middlestat as the second-line center alongside Kyle Ocposo and Connor Sherry. Um, the the questions in Buffalo are how good is Darlene? How good is Middlestat? And can these can will they hop into the lineup and be okay, or or can they provide uh, breakout rookie performances like? Austin Matthews and uh, and Mitch Marner before them in Toronto. Um, not to just bring it to Toronto, but uh, they were recent uh, great examples. Um, can Jack Eichel stay healthy? If he can stay healthy, Jack Eichel should be one of the top 10 to 15 scorers in the league. He should be uh, an absolute powerhouse, but he's been injury-plagued the last couple years. Um, goaltending is a question. Uh, obviously, last year with Robin Leonard did not work out even a little bit. Uh, Carter Hutton looks like he's going to be the starter here. Um, now, Carter Hutton has never started for an entire season. Uh, this is going to be his first time. Uh, however, last year, uh, I f- forgot to write down the exact statistic, but I believe it was for any goalie... Um, 30 games or more, he had the highest save percentage. He, he was he had one of the uh, one of the highest save percentages in the league last year, but he didn't play a full workload in St. Louis. 
of course, in St. Louis, he was protected by much, much better defense. Um, so you've got Darlene, you got Ristolainen. Uh, now, there were some injuries on defense last year here in Buffalo. Um, hopefully full seasons now uh, out of uh, Bogosian and Jake McCabe and, and these guys. Um, so I feel like it could work out. You've, you've also got the third line combination of uh, Sabatka, Berglund, and Pominville, which uh, should be a, a nice gritty third line. Um, maybe with a little bit of offensive upside. Um, goaltending, again, you've got the, the question of the uh, the backup. Uh, is it going to be Linus Ulmark? Is it going to be Scott Wedgwood? Um, a lot of questions here. Like that, That's the thing with Buffalo. A lot of questions, but the upside is huge. Um, could they make the playoffs? Probably. It's, it's possible. Um, I think the only sure thing um, in my eyes is I don't think that they can possibly be as bad as they were last year. Um, so with that in mind, I'm going to predict. I'm, I'm trying to play it safe here. I'm going to predict fifth in the division. Uh, just outside the playoff bubble, uh, but not nearly as horrendous as they have been in the last couple years. Now we go from the most interesting team in the division to, no offense guys, but I think the most boring in the division here, uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about the Red Wings because, I don't know, I just, there's, there's just not a lot of interesting stuff going on. The most interesting thing, of course, is uh, Zetterberg, Henrik Zetterberg is injured, um, and it l- doesn't look good. Uh, he's going to be out for some time if if he even comes back at all. He could be done here. Uh, of course, he, he's been the centerpiece of the team for years and years. Um, other changes, you have Peter Mrazek. Uh, he is gone. Jared Coro, also gone. Um, main, the main two backup goalies of last season... Uh, Jonathan Bernier uh, is taking their place, I guess. Um, I think Bernier is an improvement here as a backup because I've been critical of Jonathan Bernier in the past and mostly it's I don't think he's a great starter. I think he's an excellent backup because he works well in spurts. Give him a a 10-game run and he can stand on his head, but you give him a season and he, uh, he... you see his flaws eventually. You see his weak spots. Um, so I think he could work here. Uh, you also have Thomas Vanek coming in. He's probably going to get that uh, first line left wing spot alongside Dylan Larkin and Anthony Mantha. Um, that could work out. Vanek is uh, it's un- a little bit underrated. He, he's had some pretty good seasons lately for a guy his age. Uh, obviously, nothing compared to uh, his peak seasons, but um, for for what you're paying for him uh, on a contract and the expectations, he he almost certainly lives up to to uh, the, his contract. You, you get a, you get your money's worth out of Thomas Vanek. Um, 
Rookie-wise, we have Philip Zadina, uh, who could be a potential breakout here. Could be a potential Calder nominee. Uh, coming off a hot season with the Halifax Mooseheads. Um, he looks great. He does. But the problem is that at almost every position, they're very weak. Um, almost no third and fourth lines here. Uh, defense just doesn't look great. You, I mean, Mike Green, fantastic. Beyond him, I don't know. You got Danny DeKaiser, I guess, Trevor Daly. Uh, not guys you would normally have in your top four, but guys you're almost certainly going to depend on in your top four, um, especially with the amount of youth that you have playing up front. Uh, and in, there's just there's just a lot of question marks, a lot of inexperience, a lot of like um, I don't know. I, I you can almost not even you're not even sure who is going to play where in the bottom two lines with Detroit. You've obviously got Gustav Nyquist down there, uh, Andreas Anastasio. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that one right. Um, and you got like guys like Franz Nielsen, just guys that, I mean, they could have great seasons, but will they? Uh, who knows? Um, a lot of the same guys from last year, and last year was a pretty underwhelming season. So, all that in mind, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put them at sixth in the division, because there's enough there that I don't think they should completely bottom out. Especially with some of the other teams, which we will get to. Um, but there's nothing um, exciting enough to even consider that they could make the playoffs with this team. As a lot of it just sort of looks like an AHL team. Next up, we have another very interesting team in my eyes. The Florida Panthers. Um, now, Florida is another one of those teams that I've been saying for years. Like, one of these days, the team is going to break out. And so far, they've, they've uh, proved me wrong. But uh, I'm thinking maybe this could be the year. Again, said it a few times before. Um, uh, Radim Verbata is not going to be back. Connor Brickley is not going to be back. Not huge losses, in my opinion. Especially when you've got Mike Hoffman... Uh, coming in in place of Verbata and uh, Brickley's spot it's going to be taken up by one maybe two rookies uh, Henrik Borgstrom and like Borgstrom will definitely make the lineup that's a given he's he's probably going to be in that third line center spot um, well protected down there uh, Owen Tippett is also a maybe I feel like if Owen Tippett can crack the lineup, then these two could be competing for a spot at the Calder. Borgstrom is um, way more likely, um, way more NHL ready, but Tippett's got a hell of a shot, and uh, he's a maybe, you know? Um, so the team has a breakout that's been overdue. Uh, Injuries have plagued them for years. Barkov and Huberto mostly. Jonathan Huberto and, and Alex Barkov could be one of the top duos in the league if they could just play full seasons. Uh, Barkov, 
honestly could be another one of those top 10, top 15 scorers, but he just, he's always missing time. Um, if they can get full seasons out of these guys, I think they'll be in the playoffs. Um, I mean, you've got Aaron Ekblad, you've got Keith Yandel, you've got Michael Matheson, you've got solid defense. Uh, Luongo, yeah, he's getting old. He's, he's getting up there. He's probably retiring in the next couple of years. But he's still playing a hell of a good game. Um, and not to mention, he's backed up by James Reimer. Uh, and Reimer's solid and honestly kind of underrated. Uh, he got way too much heat when he was in Toronto, in my opinion. Um, so you have... Uh, Huberto, Barkov up front. You also have Evgeny Dadnov, who had a great year last year. Uh, his first year coming over from the KHL. As I mentioned, Mike Hoffman. Hopefully he can get past all the off-ice drama from Ottawa. Um, he's down there far away from Canada where no one's going to be watching him. And maybe uh, maybe he can play uh, that great game he was playing before all of that ugliness. Uh, he's probably going to be on the second line just because that, uh, that top line of Huberto, uh, Barkov, and Dadnov seem to work so well. So you're probably going to see Hoffman on a second line, I'm guessing with uh, Nick Bukestad and, uh, and uh, Vincent Trocek. Um, that could work out. I feel like uh, that could be a good line. So you've got Barkov line, you've got the Trocek line. Uh, you got the rookie Borgstrom's line down on the third, and uh, the fourth line is kind of question mark, but it's probably going to be Derek McKenzie, uh, probably Jared McCann, some combination of those guys, and maybe maybe that's where they'll fit Owen Tippett in. Um, I feel like they're pretty deep at every position, way deeper than you would think with the Panthers. Um, so I'm going to... I'm going to say, I'm going to predict that these guys actually do make the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to say they finish fourth in the division. Um, it's it's highly possible that they have a huge breakout year and and top the division or, or come close to it. But I'll play it a little safe. I'll, I'll go with fourth um, just in that wild card spot. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, what comes of the Panthers this year. Oh boy. Uh, if you're familiar with the division and you've been following along here, alphabetical order, it's time for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I am so sorry, Canadian fans. This doesn't look good, guys. It really doesn't. Uh, I wish I could say it does, but it does not at all. Um,. Just a couple of days ago, Max Pacioretty traded away for a, a pretty... I mean, I'm not going to say it's a bad return because Nick Suzuki, we'll, we'll see uh, how good he actually is. Second round pick could turn into just about anything. Thomas Tatar, if you're going, if you're looking at it as a Tatar for Pacioretty trade, no, it's a bad trade. Um, but Suzuki and second round pick along with it, it could balance out. Um, Alex Galchenyuk also traded this offseason for Max Domi. Uh, if you will notice, once again, the Canadians have traded some major pieces and 
still don't have a center, uh, which is shocking. Um, I don't know how they've managed to trade. Let's see. Let's let's count them off here. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev, P.K. Subban, Max Pacioretty, Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, they have traded all these major pieces of the team. And in no way have they got a center. You could argue Jonathan Drouin is your center, but he's, he's a winger. He's always been a winger. Uh, they tried that last year. It didn't work. You need to get a center if you want someone to play center. Um, in other bad news here, Shea Weber is going to be missing roughly half the season, maybe more. Um how well he plays when he returns from that uh, yet to be seen uh, Carey Price's massive insane contract starts this year uh, listen I, I get it I get the argument that he's the best goalie in the world and you gotta pay the best goalie in the world but you don't you really don't you don't have to pay him that much you're paying more for Carey Price than most teams pay for both goalies, that, that being a solid goalie and a solid backup. And because of this Price contract, uh, you have absolute garbage. No offense, Antti Niemi, but you're, you're past your prime, bud. You had you had a good run back in the day, and you, you just don't really have it left anymore. It's time to pack it up, I think. So... Goaltending, uh, backup looks not good. If Price can actually play a full season at the top of his game, they might be able to get through this. But he's missed so much time in the last couple of years. It doesn't. It just doesn't seem like he's healthy. And when he does play, he he's so inconsistent lately. It's like you're not really getting full seasons of the best goalie in the world. You're maybe getting like ten game runs of the best goalie in the world, and then a couple more games of oh who's that guy, and then you're just getting your backups. Like it's not worth that money at all. Um, defense looks terrible. Shea Weber, even with Shea Weber, it's so thin behind him. Like Jeff Petrie. Carl Alsner, these guys are they're slow, they're they're not the fast puck moving defensemen you want back there. Uh, Victor Mete looks pretty good, but he's one of very few. Um, and up front, it's not that they don't have a ten- offensive potential, it's just you don't have anything down the middle at all. Um, you've got great wingers, you have Jonathan Drouin, uh, Max Domi, sure he's a great pickup. Um, Brendan Gallagher when he's on his game there there are great players and there are great offensive possibilities here but you need that middle you need the center um, It's it just doesn't look good uh, and I feel like what needs to change in Montreal first and foremost is Claude Julien and Mark Bergevin just they gotta go Bergevin especially, I, I, I think, needs to go. Claude Julien, um, it's not that I think he's a bad coach. I just don't think he's the right coach for this team. He's very defensively minded. He, he 
he likes to hang it back. And for a team that desperately needs to score, it's a terrible combination. Uh, so maybe that's where to start. Um, I don't know. Uh, and prediction-wise, like based on all that, you would think bottom of the division, but <laughs> there's worse to come. So I'm going to say 7th in the division. I'm, I'm sorry. I know there are Montreal fans listening and you want good news, but uh, it's, it's not the not the place to look for it. Go, go watch football or basketball or something and follow your team there because uh, the Canadians aren't looking good. And they could surprise, like, if, if Price hops in here and has a Vesna-level season like he, like he has had in the past... Man, he, he could push them to the playoffs. It's possible. Uh, maybe Jonathan Drouin works out at center. I don't think it'll work out, but who knows? Maybe he gets some chemistry with Max Domi. You got a good top line there. Uh, maybe guys like Victor Mete step up as uh, in, in Weber's ac- ac- uh, absence. Uh, so it's possible that this works out. I could be wrong. I, I don't see it. I really don't see it. Um, so yeah, seventh in, div- in the division is my prediction. And uh, if I'm wrong at the end of the year, you could tell me. Uh, you know, you can shout at me then. But um, I I won't be betting any money on the Montreal Canadiens. I can assure you that. Well, for all you Canadiens fans, um, at least the high point here is you're not going to be the worst Canadian team in the league this year because, boy, Ottawa is just a fucking dumpster fire right now. Um, Eric Carlson is going to be traded. And I know, I know, I, the, the typical thing for fans to do here is to say... Why would they do that? Why would they trade one of the best players in the league and get on get on people's back about it? But it's going to happen. When when there's this much talk and this much trouble signing a player and, and the trade keeps coming up and keeps coming up, it's going to happen. It happened with, let's count them, Phil Kessel, Kevin Shattenkirk, Matt Duchesne, Max Pacioretty, um, P.K. Saban. Um, like, even though... It seems unfathomable that that a team would trade a player of that caliber. It happens, and it's going to happen. Whether they do it before the season, whether they wait till the trade deadline, or if they do the stupidest thing imaginable and and just let him walk in the off season as a free agent, because he will. the 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 environment in Ottawa is so toxic now that there's no way Eric Carlson stays with this team. I cannot see it. I will be absolutely shocked if that happens. So, aside from that, um, everything with Mike Hoffman, Hoffman, they gave him away for almost nothing. And I understand that they had to, but it, it kind of sucks. Because uh, Hoffman really was a talented winger. Um, and one of their their best offensive players. Uh, let me see. Alex Burrows gone. Uh, not a huge Burrows fan, but you know he he did add to the team. Um, the thing in Ottawa this year 
if they ha- want to have any chance of doing anything at all, the youth really has to come through. And it's not great to rely on rookies this early in their careers, but Brady Kachuk, uh, Logan Brown, and Colin White especially, chances are those three will make the team and they will be relied on heavily. Um, there's a lot of chances for other rookies to make the team here right out of the gate. Uh, Drake Batherson is one that comes to mind. Uh, he could crack the lineup. Um, and I, I'm going to talk about the, the tape that was released a couple nights ago uh, of owner Eugene Melnick sitting down with, weirdly enough, the defenseman Matt Berowicki. Um, they sat, they were sitting there and talking about the plans for the team and and all the the rumors and, and it was just this bizarre little little tape. Uh, but Melnick said in the tape that by the start of this season, ten of the twenty two roster players will be either rookies or new to the team, uh, and that by next year, two thirds of the team would be brand new. So they're, they're going full rebu- rebuild here. Um, as I mentioned, Carlson is gone. Hopefully they can get a decent return and not have to give him away for pennies on the dollar. Um, but realistically here, Ottawa fans, get ready for everyone to walk because Mark Stone, Matt Duchesne, Craig Anderson, these guys don't want to stay there. These guys all have huge potential to go on and win Stanley Cups before retiring. Um, and they're not going to fucking do it in Ottawa. It's not going to happen. Uh, the team is just, it's going downhill very fast. And their best bet is to build from the ground up. And it looks like that's what they're doing. So whether Stone, Duchesne, Anderson, these guys... Uh, well, Anderson, I, I'm guessing, if he can't find a trade or can't find a new team, he's going to just retire anyway at his age. But Stone and Duchesne... They're the last years of their contract are coming up. Um, so if these guys can't find a way to get out mid-season, they're probably walking uh, because they are free agents, unrestricted free agents after this season. Um, and you don't want those guys to walk because, especially Mark Stone. Mark Stone is such a valuable asset. He could be on the right team, one of the best wingers in the league. Um, and it's a shame that this team can't work out their differences, can't can't figure this out because, oh my God, just just two seasons ago they managed to get to the conference finals, and, and now it's the, the team is just completely dismantled. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen a team go downhill so quickly. Um, uh, in terms of the guys you can expect to definitely see on the team this year and in the future, I mean, Cody Cece's probably sticking around. Uh, Thomas Chabot should have uh, f- big minutes this year, especially if Carlson goes, because he'll be stepping up and be relied on for, for top-pairing uh, minutes. Um, and I guess Bobby Ryan is still sticking around, although I think they're trying to part ways with his contract. Um other than that, you've you've got say uh, Jean Gabriel, Peugeot, Zach Smith, Ryan Zingle, guys like that who probably should be um, 
second to third liners are going to be relied on for much, much more important roles than they should be. Um, so, I mean, it's no surprise here. My prediction is going to be that Ottawa finishes at the very bottom of the, of the, the division. Um, hopefully this uh, rebuild happens quickly, though. Hey guys, just wanted to add a quick update here. Uh, since the recording of this episode, but before the release, two things that I expected to happen did. Uh, first of all, Henrik Zetterberg did in fact retire, so in that regard, no changes to my Red Wings preview. I wasn't really expecting him in the lineup this season. Um, but uh, props to him, he had a great career, and uh, it's unfortunate it had to end the way it did. Uh, secondly, and probably much more notably, Eric Carlson was in fact traded to the San Jose Sharks. Um, this one again doesn't change my Senators preview. It's definitely going to change my Sharks preview a little bit, but uh, we'll see more of that in a later episode. Um, this is what I was expecting, but the return was not what I expected for Ottawa. Um, if anything, it further reinforces my expectation of them having a very, very poor season maybe even worse than I expected and and while I'm at it I might as well get into why I think this trade was so awful because I see a lot of people online defending it and saying that Ottawa did well I don't see it I think this is gonna go down as one of those terrible terrible trades um, in recent history much lo- much like the Taylor Hall and the the PK Saban trade it's, it's just bad um, so if you haven't seen it uh, San Jose sends defenseman Eric Carlson and left winger Francis Perrone. Uh, Francis Perrone, seventh round pick, hasn't played in the NHL. Hasn't really. He, I mean, he might be an NHLer one day, but like, don't don't bank on it. Um, I think this is just more of a just them sending a body in return. Uh, and Ottawa gets in return. Uh, let's go through the picks here first. They definitely got a second round pick in 2019. Um, and there are two conditional picks. A first rounder in 2020 and a 2021 second round pick. So neither one of them are guaranteed. Uh, I, the, the conditions are very um, specific based on where Carlson re-signs how well the Sharks do, etc., etc. Um, so, <clears throat> it's hard to say exactly how that's going to work out for Ottawa. Um, they might get three picks out of it. They might just get the one. Uh, they also get defenseman Dylan DeMelo. He should hop into the lineup as a depth piece. Um, then again, Ottawa's defense is pretty rough looking. Maybe he'll play higher up. But uh, he's a 25-year-old six-rounder. He has 32 points in 133 games. He's not a very offensive player. He's not going to rack up a lot of points. Um, he'll fill a spot. He'll do a, a decent job. Like he's not a bad defenseman by any means. But um, he's no. He's no. <laughs> obviously, he's no Carlson. But he's he's not. Uh, he's no, he's no star. And. At 25 years old, you're, you're seeing roughly what you're going to get with this guy. Uh, center Chris Tierney goes the other way. He's 24 years old. Uh, he was a second-round pick, 55th overall. And he had his best career, his best year of his career 
last season with 40 points. So this could be a 40-point guy, um, unless this was just a, a an oddity and he goes back to his 25-ish seasons. Um, and then you've got two prospects, uh, Rudolph Balsers, 21-year-old, fifth-round pick. Uh, he had 48 points in the HL last year. I mean, he could be all right. For, uh, he had a decent season in the AHL, um, so he's played pro a little bit. Um, whether that uh, transfers over to the NHL, who knows? Uh, not exactly a blue chip prospect. And the centerpiece of this trade, um, well, obviously the centerpiece is Carlson, but for the other side here is uh, Josh Norris, 19 year old, 19th overall. Um, now, I'm not saying that none of these players could work out. Josh Norris could be uh, an absolute Hall of Famer defenseman. Who knows? Uh, that second round pick, the conditional picks could work out. They could. This trade could could end up looking bad for San Jose if if these prospects and these picks work out in the way that Ottawa is obviously hoping, but. There's, there's no, it's, it's just so. I don't know. It's just, it's just so risky. See, San Jose, he's definitely getting, in my opinion, the best defenseman in the NHL. They know that. He, he's, he's proven that. Ottawa doesn't really know what they're getting, and and considering, um, first round picks in the last couple years have been traded. For guys like Ryan Reeves, uh, this like this doesn't balance out. Yeah, you got the 19th overall pick and Josh Norris, but like his value on the market is not what you're paying for it. Um, the value is not fair here at all. Ottawa got absolutely robbed of value in this trade. Uh, hell. This trade could have been for Cody Cece, and it would have been closer to fair value. It's it's insane. Uh, like okay, no, that's that's not true. It, you wouldn't give up all these picks if you're getting Cody Cece, but Cody Cece and Francis Perone for those four players is actually a pretty even trade. Eric Carlson. That's no, it's absolute highway robbery, and anyone who says otherwise and thinks that Ottawa got fair value here is lying to themselves. Um, anyway, I wanted to give my quick take on the uh, on, on the Carlson trade because it was just so huge. Um, I'm not sure if I'm if any of my other little predictions are going to come right, but uh, I I don't think I'll add any more updates onto this episode. And uh, with that, I'll get back to the regular episode. Okay, next up we have the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, one of the more positive looking teams in the division. Um, no real changes in the lineup though, surprisingly. Because um, usually when you have a team of this caliber uh, who makes this kind of run, not just in the regular season but in the playoffs, uh, you see 
contracts expiring and guys having to get paid big money and and then the whole thing falls apart as you as we saw with the the Chicago Blackhawks in recent years uh only real change here is Chris Kunitz is out which in my opinion isn't a big loss um it didn't really click there. I mean, they, in the playoffs, they had that one lineup with him and Callahan that was kind of working for a series, but, like, Kunis is not one of the big pieces of this team. Uh, chances are rookie Anthony Sorelli is going to be taking his spot. Um, and other than that, you've got status quo. Uh, you've got Hedman and, and McDonough and... And all these stacked defense lineup. You obviously have Kucherov, Stamkos, Palat, Johnson, Kalorn. Uh, can't even name them all. The the forwards. These guys have so much firepower up front. And of course, one of the the best goalies in the league in Andre Vasilevsky. Um, they're an elite team. They're one of the few elite teams in this division. It's. A pretty thin division overall, but it's very competitive right at the top. Uh, they're deep at every position. Uh, they have countless wingers, centers, defensemen. Even goaltending is pretty is pretty good here uh, behind Vasilevsky. Um, I don't know what else to say other than I expect them to be fantastic. Um, Stamkos, Kucherov, again, like, uh, these guys are unreal. You've got Norris level, uh, you've got a Norris level defenseman. You've got a guy who's on the verge of winning an Art Ross if he could ever outpace McDavid. Uh, Stamkos, while once being one of the top goal scorers in the league, has found his groove as, as that center playmaker type instead, setting up Kucherov. Um, and then you've got a Vezina level uh, goalie here. The only uh, big thing now is just days ago here, Steve Eiserman stepped down as GM, and Steve Eiserman really did build this team. Um, I'm not sure how well his replacement is going to be, but that should be okay for the season because uh, nothing really needs to change here because they're just it's just a matter of, of breaking through and. I feel like Tampa Bay have one of the best shots at a cup in the league. They're just uh, they're just such a well-built machine. Uh, John Cooper, great coach, uh, is coaching the hell out of this team. Uh, I don't I, again. It's not one of those. There's not much to analyze here. It's just a fantastic team who managed to keep it all together for another year, and should be. Should, it should be, again, as good as it was last year, maybe even better. Um, I guess there is um, there's a lot of rookie potential, but the problem is, will they actually crack the lineup? Um, you've got returning uh, in his sophomore year, Mikhail Sergachev. Uh, you've got a, there's a lot of um, a lot of young rookies in the prospect pool, and it's it's just a question of if they can actually find their way into the lineup. Uh, defenseman Cal Foote, actually the son of Adam Foote, is one that I think has a bright future, but I, again, I don't know if he, he's quite ready for the NHL. 
uh, Taylor Radish, Matthew Joseph, Mitchell Stevens, uh, even goaltender Connor Ingram. Um, the team is going to be good for years to come. That's that's the thing. Uh, whether any of these rookies break out this year or, uh, you know, depends on how training camp goes. But either way, it's going to be a great team, and it's an easy uh, prediction here. Uh, as you may have noticed, if you're keeping track, uh, the last two spots left are first and second in the division. So which way am I going to go? Yeah, Tampa's first. Um, and I, I'll get to Toronto in just a second. But yeah, I think I think Tampa should easily, wh- whether it works out in the playoffs or not, I think they should easily come out first in this division. Okay, last team in the division. Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and again, if you're keeping track, you already know I'm predicting them to be second in the division. Uh, I'm gonna say it right out here. I think I think that people are, are overhyping the Leafs a little bit. Um, like yes, the Tavares move is amazing. It, it was mind blowing that they pulled it off. Uh, but does it instantly mean they're definitely gonna win the cup? I don't think so. I don't think I, I think it's possible they could win the cup. Um, I don't see it this year, but I, I feel like people need just need to take their expectations and just take a step back. Um, the Leafs look great, so the only thing the the one thing that people aren't talking about is the Leafs lost a lot of players this year. Um, you lost James Van Riemsdyk, Tyler Bozak, Leo Komarov, Roman Polak, and Matt Merton. Like, there's a lot of depth you lost, uh, which is going to be replaced with mostly rookies. Um, and they're, they're great-looking rookies. Wonderful prospect. The the Toronto prospect pool is unbelievable. But what if they don't work out? What if they're not quite NHL ready? What if they're not far enough along in their development? Um, obviously, additions. You got John Tavares front and center. Um, you also have uh, Kasperi Kapanen is going to be playing his first full year by the looks of it. Um, Travis Dermott on defense is probably going to step in and replace Polak. And Andreas Johnson is probably going to get some time on that third line with Nazem Kadri. Um it's going to be interesting to see exactly how the line combinations work out. Uh, the expectation right now is Matthews and Nylander up front uh, alongside Patrick Marlowe. Now that, of course, is, is given that they can work out that Nylander contract, which they're still in uh, talks with. I would imagine they will. Uh, and then the second line, of course, John Tavares, Mitchell Marner, and uh, Zach Hyman, who's actually going to be separated from Matthews, which is not what was expected. But uh, I think there could be some uh, complementary play styles there between the three of them. Marner and Tavares both work as uh, setup guys and shooters, so I feel like if they can get that chemistry working, then that's going to be a fantastic line. Um Andreas Johnson is the one that really interests me. He could even be a Calder nominee. 
had a great little run with the Leafs last year, um, and then an even better one down with the Marlies. Uh, again, time down on that third line with Kadri. Uh, the problem, and I know it's it's become the thing that everyone's saying. Um, the defense just is is not what I would want from a team that I'm going to bet to win the cup. Uh, yes, Gardner, Riley, Zaitsev, all fantastic, but and and Travis Dermott looks great, but you're relying on Ron Hainsey for big minutes, and Hainsey just doesn't do it for me. Um, I just don't know. Um, there are other rookies that could end up making the lineup here. Um, but it remains to be seen. It looks like the lineup, for the most part, is pretty solidified. Uh, Frederick Anderson, again, in goal, solid. He's been playing excellent in the last couple of years. Um, you got Curtis McElhinney and uh, Garrett Sparks are probably going to be fighting for that backup position. Uh, McElhinney seems like uh, he seems like the better fit, but, I mean, if they have to move a guy... I would imagine they're going to stick with Sparks with the uh, with the upside that he has. Uh, so again, like I said, second in the division. I think people need to calm down a little on the Leafs. Not to say that they don't have the potential to win the cup this year. Um, highly possible, but I think I think a few more years are needed to really really get this team at the elite level that people are, are expecting them to be now. Uh, and with that, that is the the Jedi Dropheads Productions uh, Atlantic Division preview for the NHL season 2018-2019. Uh, uh, this was a lot of fun. I'm going to sit down and do this for the other three divisions as well, break down every team in the league one by one. Uh, really excited to finally be talking about hockey a little bit, uh, as I am constantly reading and thinking about it, and and um, it's just fun to get it out here. Uh, if you enjoyed this, if you even if you're a regular Jedi Dropouts listener and you enjoyed this, let me know. Um, let me know what you think of this. I I really appreciate any feedback, uh, anything you think I should change. And any anything hockey related that you would like to hear me do, I'll, I'll, I mean, I got the thoughts in my head. It's just a matter of spitting them out there in a microphone. Um, as always, uh, you can check out other uh, other episodes of Jedi Dropouts, Final Form, and any other podcast from Jedi Dropouts Productions over at www.jedidropouts.podbean.com. Or wherever else you listen to your podcast. I mean, we're on iTunes, we're on YouTube, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, the works. Um, and thank you very much for listening. Uh, until next time, keep your stick on the ice. Later. This has been a Jedi Dropouts production.